welcome back to Nice Guys Finish Lost, episode 18, season 1. Do your hard work. <laughs> oh, you're here with Tom and Manu. Nah. Just to set the scene. This is, listen to just us. to set the scene, we're um, in the, looking over Melbourne from the penthouse apartment in the CBD, Manu's apartment, where I come once a week to watch on his lavishly large big screen TV. No, but we're in the... Beat Lab. We're not, remember? No. We've got a studio. Oh, no, oh okay. We've got a, yeah, yeah, we're <laughs> in the studio. But the studio's got city views as well. Yeah. Some um, floor to ceiling windows. Anyway, we just watch Numbers, which is episode 18. Wait, are we going to call it Hurley Watch? Yeah. Hurley Watch oh, yeah. Watch? Hurley, we watch Hurley Watch Watch because <laughs> this was Hurley's episode and it's uh, his, it's the first Hurley centric episode. And he's the last of the 14 main characters to Is get a uh, like flashback episode. So I've got a question for you straight away. Name me the other 13 characters. <laughs> Scott and Steve. <laughs> no, seriously, can you try? Hang on, before we do. Do you reckon Scott and Steve count? That's, uh, that's what I'm interested in. Okay, hang on, before we do. And you can't look at the screen. All right, I won't. Okay, what, I just want to get to, because uh, we normally start with corrections. Yep, okay, that's good. good so this corrections from Sir Quinny. Apparently, Kryptonite was actually recorded by Three Doors Down, not Papa Roach. So we've embarrassed ourselves. <laughs> yeah, but you've also embarrassed him by crediting him. <laughs> no way. Quinny's probably a fan. Um, yeah, okay. So Shout out, Quinny. Name me the other 13. Okay, I was stalling. Uh, <laughs> all right, Jack, yep. Kate, yep. Sawyer, Saeed, yep. Claire, Charlie, yep. Walt, Michael, John Locke, Boone, it's Shannon. Two. Yep, it's 11. Two more. Hurley. No. Okay, aside from Hurley. Uh, uh, oh, uh, Sun and Jin. Oh. Done. Yeah, that must be it. You are a true fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't include Scott and Steve, but I guess they didn't get these flashback episodes. <laughs> flashback? Anyway, um, do, you want, do you want the uh, plot synopsis for, <laughs> for the episode? I do. When Hurley becomes obsessed with the mysterious French woman, he heads into the jungle to find her. Jack, Saeed, and Charlie have no choice but to follow. Oh. <laughs> Hurley's background story is revealed how he won a multi-million dollar lottery, which brought nothing but bad luck to everyone around him, leading to why he ventured to Australia to search for the source of a series of numbers which led him to win the lottery. Meanwhile, Locke asks Claire to help build a mysterious item, which we'll get to later on, <laughs> written by Anonymous. Thanks, Anonymous. Again. Yep. Um, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, that summed it up. So Hurley uh, goes looking for the French lady that we met several episodes ago called Russo. Russo. Let me just pull you up on one thing. What's his name? Hurley. No. We'll oh, find okay. out. It's Hugo. I, okay. I already knew that. Well, Obviously, only because you've watched it. Yeah, yeah. But have we not been no, introduced this is the first to that time. before? First time. So we, the first time we saw it. Really? Well, I saw it was in the flashback. And he's wearing his work uniform. He works at some kind of chicken shop. Um, and then... <laughs> what? That's funny. I was waiting for, <laughs> what? I was waiting for you to say something. Mate. Okay. Um, and then his mum calls him Hugo. His financial advisor calls him Hugo. And then someone else in the flashback who I forgot. Is, he, is Hugo short for Hurley? <laughs> I don't know. Or the, or the other way around. I was going to say it the other way around, but then I was like, no, Hurley's actually longer than Hugo, so... Is, is, is it, it not? Is that a genuine question? Yes. <laughs> okay, now. 
Um, so this is like a pseudonym he's been using on the island the whole time. We'll get back to that. Okay. Um, so we also find out, oh yeah, as they mentioned, that he's won the lottery and that he wants to splash out and spend it all on his family, but then they all like die or get, move away because they got cheated on or whatever. Yeah, just Which bad. doesn't make a lot. If you were his brother and you got cheated on, wouldn't you stay by his brother who has $156 million? Just leech off him? I would. Yeah. Did you say he moved home? Nah. He, he moved back to San Diego or oh, something? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Also. Yeah, because presumably he, his brother wouldn't have to work anymore. Yeah. So where's, where's he like moving H- to? Hugo could just get him a job as his financial advisor or something. Yeah. Are we going to call him Hugo or Hurley going forward? Stick with Hurley. Yeah. We've already got Hurley Watch as a key segment. And Hurley Watch Watch is the name of the episode. <laughs> um, okay, so we find all, a bit of this out because Hurley goes on national TV to announce that he's won the lottery. Yeah. Who does that? You trying to get killed, Hurley? Is that... No, people do that. No one does that. Because people do that. Think about it. Now everyone knows Hurley's got $156 million he's to steal not from in him. cash. No, I know. He's not carrying... People can catfish him. They can, like, break into his house. No, people do that. Definitely in the States. Please. Do they do that in Timaru? (laughs) Nah, people are quite modest down there. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to point out a little continuity error. So you pointed out that he gives a press conference to the national news reporters or whatever. Anyway, he's giving a speech, and we see that his grandpa Tito, like, dies apparently of a heart attack behind him Hugo's oh sorry Hurley's giving a speech <laughs> and he turns around when his grandpa falls down and his voice is still talking but his mouth isn't moving did you notice that no I didn't do you reckon that's worthy of like any fans out there if you want to add that to the official Wikipedia page can you also add that the um, company that sells their house appears to be <laughs> A classroom full of five-year-olds who have like yeah, their real estate sign we noticed was like pasted together A4 sheets of paper with like a single letter printed on each A4 sheet like for sale. Here's what happened on the day of the shoot: they got to the set and were like, "How are we supposed to know the house has been sold?" Oh, for <laughs> fuck's sake! <laughs> yeah, definitely. So two continuities. Well, that whatever. Just add it to the wiki page. Yeah, we'll do that later. Anonymous, get on that. What else did you have for? Um, do you have any? Can we talk about? Uh, oh yeah, we'll get to those. But so we also find out that Hurley, uh, well, indirectly, this was an inference, I guess, that he owns John Locke's box company. Yeah, a little bit of a character-character linkage going on in the backstories. <laughs> a backstory within a backstory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, that he's it's been bought with him by his financial advisor. Yep. And a sneaker factory which burns down in Canada. So we find out that. Um, through a lot of this that once Hurley has won the money, his life becomes really unlucky and everyone around him starts um, dying or having bad luck. Yeah. But not him. That's the, that's the catch. Hey? He, he's fine. He has good luck if anything. Cause remember they're like, Oh, your sneaker factory collapsed or something, but we overinsured it. So you're going to make money on the deal. Even his mum breaks her ankle as she gets out of the car, which if anyone's going to break their ankle, getting out of a car, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That actually brings me to my next no, point. No, but I was going to say, how does Hurley benefit from that? <laughs> I don't know. It brings me to my next point, though, that there, I counted only four fat jokes in the episode. So, yeah. given that it was Hurley Watch Watch, it's not 
That's for explicit fact jokes. Yeah, there was a lot implied as well, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Do you, did you want to read any of them out? Or? <laughs> no, I think I've said enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, so, yeah. I had a few little notes from just the scenes on the island. Hurley goes for a walk down the beach to find Rousseau's, I don't know, what would you call it? Her pit, where she's living. <laughs> house? Anyway, I they catch it. up with them really quick, but there were lots of shots of... Uh, of the water, I'm just surprised no one's bought a surfboard, like built a surfboard yet, because there's some pretty tasty reef breaks out. Okay. There. All right, cool. You know, if I was if I was on there, if I'd been on there for 30, 40 days, I'd be you'd be straight out there, thrashing some gnarly curl. All right. Um, so we that bo- was my keynote that um, I wrote down. I mentioned it was. Do we have a segment called keynotes? Uh, do you want to start one? <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> but so, also when. Uh, when they're driving to, when Hurley and her, his mum are driving to her new place, that there's bad that she gets out of the car and rolls her ankle. Um, she says, and he brings up that he reckons the money's cursed. She says, "Don't be stupid. We're Catholics. We don't believe in curses." Is that fact checked? Is that true? No. Remember, and you'll know this because you're a Harry Potter nerd. Like Catholics don't like anything that's like the occult. It's sacrilegious to like believe in wizardry or magic or anything like that so curses aren't part of religion no <laughs> they're not okay well at least not part of catholicism <laughs> okay yeah. i think I, I think i see where the distinction's been made there okay yeah. cool thanks for that so we also learned that hurley has uh been an impatient at a psych ward and this is where he's learned the numbers from mm, yeah the no- the numbers that he bets the lot on yeah, do we explain that? Or was that explained uh, in the? I can't so remember. this whole this episode's called numbers because it's all about these numbers, these the series of numbers that Hurley won the lotto with, and he's trying to trace back because then we say that yeah he thinks the numbers are cursed, so he tries to trace back where they came from, and it turns out the one of his friends in the uh, psych ward psych ward was muttering them, and but he said he got them from some guy in central Australia. Yeah, so Hurley then goes to Australia uh, to see the guy that the impatient has told him about. So Sam Toomes. Okay. Goes to the outback to find the guy named Sam. Uh, now, Sam learned the is numbers. This, is this accent watch? You know, we'll get, yeah, <laughs> I'm teeing you up. Hang on. Okay. Sam learned the numbers um, from his job where he just listened to static for the whole war. Is that what she said? Yeah, he was stationed in the Pacific and he was stationed with one other guy. Oh, was the other guy the guy in the psych ward? This is what... Okay, so I couldn't understand understand because the accent on that woman was so okay. bad. So Sam Timms' wife is the one that Hurley ends up finding. And her accent is like incomprehensible. <laughs> I think it's supposed, to, it's supposed to be... I didn't even know if it was supposed to be... Is she supposed to be Australian, <laughs> yeah. English or American? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think she might have... I don't know, because she said we had to move to the middle of Australia to get away from the numbers. I think she might have been American, but she was putting on an Australian accent, but then also mainly British. That's <laughs> pretty... We're just... know, maybe she was, they were stationed with the British army. You can do a clip here. We'll just, I'll just say edit point, right? Cool. <laughs> it was like, honestly, could you understand anything she was saying? Not a word. And so I was kind of trying to piece it together from words I didn't. Like, if she said a word in her actual British accent, then I could understand it. When she was trying to Australian, it was just gobbledygook. Okay, so we'll, we'll fact check this during the week, but um, 
do you reckon she was actually like in real life? No, no British, chance. Oh. Australian or American? Uh, or South African? <laughs> Jama- I'm gonna say Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, British. Okay, I'm gonna say Canadian, and we'll we'll get back to you on that. Right on twenty. <laughs> um, so anyway, somehow Sam has told the numbers to Hurley's former impatient friend. Yep. Who tells the numbers to Hurley? But then they turn up. Uh, He's playing Connect Four by himself. Is that possible? <laughs> so Hurley then discovers the numbers written on a piece of paper that Said has taken from Russo. Mm, yeah. And then so Hurley sneaks into his tent, steals them, and then heads. That's what sets Hurley off into the jungle to go find Russo. Which is fair enough given his backstory. Wouldn't you yeah. agree? Yep. Yep. That suddenly the same numbers that he used to win the lotto showed up on a piece of paper. But I would have just told people that. Line. I guess maybe he didn't want to say I was in a cycle. His whole thing was that people hadn't been believing him cause, and just calling him crazy. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, it's a little bit of psychology. John Locke would have understood. <laughs> okay. So then we find out from Rousseau, this was a, quite a complex plot, I have to say, for Locke. Yeah, I'm impressed. Uh, are th- you? No. Uh, that... The numbers are what brought her ship to the island because they heard a transmission when she was on a yeah. ship. Yeah, so you're saying it's almost like they've planned outside of this episode. Yeah, it's pretty shocking. Um, and they heard that, so they heard the same static being broadcast across the Pacific when they were on a boat. You're making the inference. Well, how many statics are broadcasting these numbers repeatedly? But Russo says the static was coming from the radio yeah. tower. On she this claims island. to have found the source. Yeah. So are you then suggesting that? Sam heard that same transmission? Yeah. Mm. He we was don't. stationed in the Pacific. They said it. We don't know that. Well, Why would he only hear it once? No, they heard it on rep- on loop. But Sam only heard it once. No, he heard it once on loop. No. <laughs> anyway. Um, Do we have to rewatch this episode? <laughs> can we not? <laughs> uh, and then Russo has gone and found the radio tower, which our survivors haven't found yet, and then changed the transmission to... Her own voice count the first thing they found in that first episode. What she said, I changed the transmission. Oh yeah, yeah. that was like the third episode. Bro. Whatever. Um, and then yeah, so her transmission that says like in French, please save us or whatever. Yeah. She over overrode the uh, the numbers being played on it. So presumably, no one in the future is going to get cursed by those numbers. Well, because she's already she's taped over the. Uh, if, the, if this is the source, except Tom, what was the last thing we saw in the episode? Is this going to be part of your theories? Because we can get to that later. I've got to do some trivia first. No, no, no. We're not there yet. <laughs> so the last thing that we, that we saw Good in the episode was, <laughs> was that the numbers are written on the hat. Yeah. So while they're... That, yeah, so what's your point? So they don't just exist in this transmission. They yeah, also but the have transmission applicas- was from the island, so obviously whoever was in the hatch. Yeah, but maybe the curse isn't strictly linked to the transmission. No, it's linked to the island, maybe. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. So it's not over, is it? Because she taped over it. Yeah, but no one that's <laughs> not on the island is going to be cursed from now on. <laughs> oh, God. Are you just- well, we can talk about this a bit longer. <laughs> Do you want some trivia? Yeah, go on. So the numbers yeah. for... Eight, fifteen. I won't go on just in case anyone. <laughs> I don't want anyone to get cursed out there. Yeah, because we're a transmission. Yeah, no, the good thing but, um, is anyway, nobody listens. So. The, do you know they're all? This is no. This is such a lame fact. I might just skip it. No, no, go. 
Are they all like prime numbers or something? No, they're all retired Yankee baseball players. This is the worst fact. Because uh, Damon Lindelof and Carlton Curse are big baseball fans and have made reference to baseball numerous times. They're probably retired numbers from shitloads of sports. Um, second fact. So I've got three trivias. <laughs> second trivia. Tri- no, you have to call it trivial. <laughs> second, second trivia. Hardcore trivia. Um, there's a reference to Cooper enthusiasm in here. No. Where? Yep. Well, Hurley. Okay, I don't know how to say his first name, but Jay Garcia. It's George right. J O R G E. Sure. Jorge? Yeah. Um. He's the actor. Yeah. He does a, a guest appearance on Curb, where he plays a drug dealer in 2004. And in this episode, his accountant says, "I can't believe anyone could mistake you for a drug dealer." <laughs> and th- so this episode came out after the Curb episode. Okay. It's kind of a little, just a little shout out. Are they taking your dick? Yeah, I don't know. Is it mad? Is it shade at the um, casting directors of Curb? <laughs> <And> <laughs> like show it as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and third trivial, I mean trivia. <laughs> is, um, oh, <laughs> it's just everyone was real obsessed with um that hip hop song that was playing when Hurley was driving his Hummer. Yeah, I vaguely remember it. There's like so much debate about what that song is and who it's by and no one can find like the source of but apparently it's um people believe it was either just created especially for the show or also I read somewhere that it was like from some bank of like generic hip hop songs for like showrunners to put in their shows but apparently everyone loved it Do you, I, I quite I was quite a fan eh I thought it was, <laughs> anyway that's uh, that's trivia for the week <laughs> Pretty solid trivia. Yeah, great trivia. But back back to the numbers though, which I won't read out. But um, yeah. after the episode aired, apparently thousands of people tried it for lottery. tried the numbers in the lottery. Ugh. And to be honest, from memory, I'm pretty sure I did as well. <laughs> no, I did. <laughs> and do you want me to run you through my logic? So my logic was like. So yeah, the lottery in New Zealand in Timber or whatever. Um I tried these numbers and I think my logic was oh it's just random anyway, so like if I choose these numbers, how's it any different from any other? True. But that's so stupid because obviously after that episode came out, everyone else would be using these numbers as well. So if I did win the jackpot, I would have had to share it with like a thousand other people. Are there a thousand people in Timber? Anyway, do you want to know the closest that <laughs> Do you want to know the closest? That, Sorry, kid. <laughs> the closest that the lottery actually came to drawing those numbers was in 2011, when the near record jackpot of 380 million drew out the first three numbers, four, eight, and fifteen, <laughs> and the Mega Ball 42. Oh. So it matched four out of the five numbers of that draw. Shit. So if people were still doing it then. They still wouldn't. <laughs> no, no, that's the thing. If people were still doing it then, it has the facts here. They would have won $150 each. Oh, so you only would have had to use those same numbers for six years <laughs> to get in the lottery to win $150. you got to be in it to win it. Should that's we do? It. Oh, wait, you want to? No, it's just, I was impressed by that trivia. Yeah, numbers. Uh, should we do? Can we talk about? Yeah, okay. Okay. Can the writers mix it up a little bit? So both Hurley and Walt are cursed now? How is Walt cursed? There's a whole episode about Walt being cursed. Which one's Walt again? The kid. <laughs> He's the kid, right? Yes, remember? He's not cursed. He's got superpowers. I've got it written down on my mystery, unsolved mystery checklist. Look. Uh, Walt's superpowers. It doesn't say Walt's cursed. 
Well, it's right here. <laughs> I don't know what the mystery is, but probably the mystery is that he's got superpowers. Right, enough whiskey for you. Um, and then, so, Hugh, hang on, shut up. <laughs> Hugo, Sawyer, and Kate are all living under assumed names. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Okay. And and if you assume the other one, can we just have something else happen differently to someone, please? <laughs> no, not really. They're, they're on one island. There's only 14 of them. But I did notice you were annoyed again at the innuendo of relationships. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Shannon... Saeed and Shannon, like, sided each other and Manu went, oh, just get on with it. <laughs> just still flirting. For fuck's sake. Are they 11? I'll say again, what did you want them to show on this primetime TV series? You know what I want to see, Tom. Anyway, um, what other can we talk about did you have, apart from, aside from Hurley Fat Jokes? What was the one about him drying his t-shirt over the fire? <laughs> that made no sense. No, no, no. Charlie goes, I know there isn't much food, but your Yeah, shirt? so that was, was that a double-barreled? He said, I know, the, I know food's scarce, but you're going to eat your t-shirt? Like, yeah. Fat joke. And then secondly... Is he washing his t-shirt because he's sweating all the time? Yeah. Because he's like, sweat. he is sweating. I only counted that as one, but... But um, you wouldn't dry your t-shirt over... Like, they're on a tropical island. Just hang it up in the sun during the next day. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But, oh, I did have a fashion report, though. Go on. I don't know if this might be a couple of episodes old, but um, Jack cut off the sleeves of his t-shirt, so <laughs> saw a lot of bicep. I think we've done that before. Yeah, Bamboo's saying we've done it before. Well... <laughs> Or is she saying that you do that? I just feel like... (laughs) She's saying you do that. Do you want to expand on that? (laughs) What? I did do it. (laughs) (laughs) What happened? (laughs) You do it at the gym or... (laughs) Let's move on. Okay. I wasn't complaining. I was just saying we saw a lot of... (laughs) Bicep this Where were you, Fiji? No. Tim Roo. No, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, At high school? Or? We won't get into No, you're that. embarrassing. Okay, let's move on. Um, Do you have any theories? No, no, hang on. Can we talk about... Is Charlie not in love with Claire anymore? Yeah. There was a scene today when... Oh, yeah. So, Locke and Claire have this little side story where they go off into the jungle by themselves. Oh, yeah. And are building some some mysterious object, like Anonymous said in his intro. And Claire says, oh, I'm just like, you know, piecing back my memory like bit by bit because if you'll remember, she lost her memory because she was kidnapped and stuff. And Locke was like, oh, I think I I can help you with that. And I just thought, oh, no, he's going to tell her that Charlie's not her friend. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to ruin it. (laughs) But, yeah, so your point is that they're not friendly anymore. Yeah, Charlie was desperately in love with her up until this point. And then... No, I remember... Yeah, I know he got annoyed when he had to kill Ethan or whatever. Yeah. But you think he'd be back to normal by now. Um, So, further supporting my theory about John Locke, he knows it's Claire's birthday and he makes her a cop for her baby. She says it's her birthday. Yeah, but the whole time they've been building the cot, which was a present. Well, it was a mysterious object. Mm. Turns so, out to be a birthday yeah, anyway, present. Anyway, so they're building this blatant, what is blatantly a, a cot or a, <laughs> yeah, some sort of, it's, I think it's built so it can rock as well. I was quite impressed by the hand, handymanship. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, and Claire, <laughs> he's got it sitting there upside down on the workbench and Claire says, I give up. What is it? 
He flips it over and she goes, oh, cradle. <laughs> um, so, But I feel like he was just building that for her anyway. And then when they were talking, she said it's... When they were talking, she said, so- she, she said, it's my birthday today or something or tomorrow or whatever. And then she goes, oh, but I'm single. I'm pregnant and I'm on this island. So who cares? And Locke goes, good point. <laughs> it was so ruthless. Go, but then he right. turned it over and said, happy birthday. So and I said that I was saying he definitely just piggybacked on her saying that, like she that it was her birthday today. But you claim that it's because he's a psychic. Is either super smooth or psychic? <laughs> yeah. Um, Russo's booby trap, right? She set up a booby trap for them to trip a wire outside of the house to blow up her house. Why yeah. didn't she just blow up her house? I was midway through saying that trap made no sense because, like, yeah, it didn't blow up. Did blow up who them. tripped the wire? Yeah, but then. Like, as I was midway through writing that down, Jack goes, this trap makes no sense. Oh. And then explained it, so... I was probably not paying attention. <laughs> That's all I, I had. Do you want to hear my prediction? You're going to hate it. Yep. So, as the uh, guy that in the asylum, asylum said, once Hurley used the numbers for evil or to get his own money, uh, money he's opened Pandora's box, and that's where the planes crashed. He did say you've opened the, a box. Yeah. Well, what box are the boxes he referring to? Pandora's box. Bermuda Triangle. So tune in next week. Tom's going to uh, get over his embarrassment and tell us about his cutoff. Tell you about my cutoff t-shirt next week. Thanks for listening all. Bye.